It is Locked On Jazz for the 30th of July. The 30th of July. The 30th of July. The NBA is back. The Jazz and the Pelicans come your direction today. Jake Madison, Locked On Pelicans, will join us for a few minutes. We'll be on the live show as well, taking your questions, your thoughts, and breaking it down because it's game day. Jazz and the Pelicans all coming up. It is Locked On Jazz. Jazz, do it with me. Pow! How are you? The NBA is back. Jazz and the Pelicans tip off. We started all off today. It is the beginning of the NBA seeding season. Into the playoffs. Games to count. Things to watch. Things to do. Yay! We're there. Unbelievable we're there unbelievable i gotta tell you for me personally i'm just gonna share quickly uh, by the way i'm david Locke, radio voice for the utah jazz jazz nba insider this is locked on jazz your daily podcast on the utah jazz giving you insight expertise geeky numbers and making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day if you're new to the program you just checked in because the nba is back we do this every single day i'm not always this crazy well okay maybe maybe i am uh and we do it for you every single day. You can subscribe on iTunes or follow, subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify. Uh, if you're fired up today, drop a five-star review and make us look good. Tell your friends about the show if you want people to know about the team and be smart about it. Uh, be great. Looking forward to having you aboard. All right, so here's the plan on the show today. A little different model because I've got too many pieces. For those of you that are listening to the show in the regular form on iTunes, on Spotify, you are about to get an interview with Jake Madison of Locked on Pelicans, five-minute little piece that we did. The rest of you that are on our live show, we're just going to proceed with the live show and then continue So uh, and, and break down the game. And then for those of you on the podcast, after we're done with like the five minutes with Jake Madison, you'll actually just pick us up where we were. Kind of a weird way to do it, but I can't um, really figure out how else to do that today. So for those of you... Listening on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever you are. Locked on Podcast Network has a local expert at every single team. And here's my conversation with Jake Madison of Locked on Pelicans getting you ready for the Jazz and the Pels. Let's start with the big question. Obviously, Zion in and out of the bubble. How much do we expect to see him today? You know, I think he's going to play, you know, depending on when people are listening to this, there might be an official word handed down on it. But basically, he's going to have gone through two practices plus a shoot around. That's going to be enough to get him minutes. I don't know if he'll play 30 minutes, but certainly above 20, likely around 25. He's going to be in this game. There's no way they keep him out. What is it about Zion that makes the Pelicans so much better when he's on the floor? It's a couple of things. One, he's just a focal point. If you look at the first game that he ever played against the San Antonio Spurs, the Spurs basically game-planned him out for most of the game for the first three quarters, and it took him getting hot from three and kind of a fluke thing to really make an impact in that game. They were terrified of him. They were doubling him whenever he got the ball to try and just deny him. And that frees up other guys, a guy like Drew Holiday or an all-star in Brandon Ingram who's averaging over 24 points per game. And it just makes their life easier, even if you use him as a decoy. The other thing, though, is this dude has an unnatural, uh, unnatural second leap. He cleans up his own misses. If he gets the ball and is around the rim, he's basically going to score. He might miss the first time he shoots, but then he's going to get his own board with that second jump and put it back in. And that's why his shooting percentage is so high. It's partially because he is missing a little bit, 
But at the end of the day, as long as he's scoring on it, who really cares? And it just opens him up for so much more. Plus, he can run in transition. You know, he waddles a little bit like a duck. They're working on kind of fixing some of that stuff. But he's still beating guys down the court. And when you have a dude that's that athletic and you play in transition like New Orleans does, it's just a perfect fit. So, I I love, like, New Orleans is the most lovable team out there. Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick. I love each one more. Like, every guy out there is a guy. And yet, even with all of that, what, they were five and four in their last nine before the break? They're, you know, well below 500 on the year. I mean, in the simplest forms, why didn't this team win more? Yeah, no, it's something we look at. So there's, you've got to look at the season in parts. You know, there was a 13-game losing streak in this at one point. So the fact that they're in contention for the eighth spot, in whether it's the 8-9 plane or what have you, is still kind of mind-blowing to me a little bit. They were just not healthy until much later on in the year. A guy that you're very familiar with in Derek Favors didn't really be in the starting lineup consistently until about December 25th, that Christmas Day upset over the Denver Nuggets. Since he's been back anchoring the defense down low, they've basically gone from one of the five worst in the league to ranking in the top 10 since Christmas Day. That's a big turnaround right there. It took Lonzo Ball about half the season to really feel healthy and get his legs out in under him. And that's where you're seeing him play the best basketball of his career to the point where he actually might be considered a pretty good three-point shooter right now, which is kind of wild to say. And then you got Zion back and a few growing pains integrating him back in. But they started to really turn a corner around that. And in those 15 games leading up to Zion's return, the team was 11-4. They went 3-0 in these scrimmage games, which, yeah, don't read a ton into, but it shouldn't surprise people necessarily that they're able to win without Zion when they really started hitting their stride just late in the season once people finally got healthy. But at that point, they had kind of been buried under some really bad basketball that's tough to climb out of. So... They, I think you also need to look at the schedule with it, too. They had one of the more front-loaded schedules, and if you look at them in the bubble, they're the only team with a combined opponent's winning percentage under 500, and it mimics what their real schedule would have been. They basically had the easiest one going forward. So combination of injuries, a tough schedule up front, a lot of roster turnover. Only five guys from last year's team are on this team, too. Just meant that this team was going to peak later. They really started to. And that's when we kind of hit the hiatus point of the NBA. Is there a storyline for them out of this so far? Have they, is there a message they're trying to send or, or out, of, out of the bubble so far? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I joked about this on my show. You know, tampering is going to be pretty prevalent, we kind of think, in some degree in, in the bubble here. And it actually might benefit New Orleans. You have Zion, who's just going to be a bona fide superstar, I think, in the league. You've got a couple of other really young guys and young pieces on this team that if New Orleans, you know, has the money to sign and keep around for years to come, kind of cements them as that like, okay, uh, uh, city team, the Thunder, when they had Durant, Westbrook and Harden and were this young team growing together, looking like they were going to be a consistent finals contender. I think you can see shades of that here. So if they can get into the playoffs, even if they lose to say the Lakers in the first round, you win a game or two off them, it kind of sends a bit of a message. And I think that's kind of what they're hoping to do. David Griffin had said he wanted this team to play meaningful basketball in March and April. That's the only goal that they really had. Playoffs are lanyard here, uh, which is the Louisiana phrase we use. Now you're just playing meaningful games in you know July and August and hopefully on. So you have such a young team that's basically looking at eight playoff games, eight game sevens. They've got to win six of them to really get in. 
I think when you look at it like that, there's a lot of room for these guys to mature quickly in a pressure-filled environment. And if they rise to the challenge of that, you have to feel good about this team going forward years in the future, I think. All right. Should be fun today. Jazz Pelicans getting after it. Jake Madison, thanks so very much for the time. Of course. Thanks for having me on, David. So thanks to Jake Madison for taking the time. You can get more from him on Locked on Pels. As of this moment, I don't know whether Zion's going to go. The expectation is that he will play some. The NBA needs him uh, to be there and to be out for uh, at least a few minutes uh, publicity-wise. And also, you know, he's actually healthy and it's it's the league still has the rest rules on things right now. All right, let's get into this matchup because that's kind of cool that we can... Um, we can get into the matchup. I uh, Before, I was going to make this comment earlier. I'll, I'll make it now. I, I got to thank you guys. For me, this is just crazy, right? Like, you know, I, I want to be with the team. I'm not with the team. I, I want to be at shoot-around today. I'm not at shoot-around today. You know, uh, I I, I want to be with the fans in the crowd. We're not with fans in the crowd. Like, it, none of it's the same. Uh, the Travis Henderson and the crew's done a great job to give us the best chance for success broadcasting, but it's just so different. But I can feel your juice. You're giving me the juice today. I can feel how excited you are as Jazz fans. And in a lot of ways, I think, you know, the broadcast experience as a fan, while hard, really hard on Craig and Thurl, could be better. Um, Travis and Jeremy are doing incredibly, uh, Brunner are doing incredible work on that. And so I, I actually think your broadcast experience could be, could be really, really strong today. All right, let's get into this matchup. It's pretty interesting. So this will be, you know, who knows whether it all translates. But the last two times these teams have played, there's been no defense. For eight straight quarters, the offensive ratings have been over 120. Remember, league average is like about a 108. Um, and, you know, be- the best in the league are like 112. They've been over 120. In fact, in the January 6th game, the offensive rating on both teams was 127. And in the January 16th game, both teams were well over 120. The Pelicans want to run. They want to get out and go. And the Pelicans had 19 transition opportunities for 28 points in a game in which they beat the Jazz last time. So the Jazz have got to find a way to keep the Pels out of transition. The They beat up the Jazz on the offensive glass the game before. They had 13 offensive rebounds. What's interesting, when you look at these little matchups and how these games have been played, this one thing that happened in one game is not the same thing that happened in the other game, interestingly enough. Now, Donovan's been pretty outstanding. Uh, he had 37 in the first matchup. He had 46 in the second Brandon Ingram's been pretty outstanding. He had 35 in the first matchup. He had 49 in the second matchup. But it's actually been done in different ways. For example, Royce O'Neal guarded Brandon Ingram on 42 chances in the January 6th game, and Ingram only had 12 points. You go to the next matchup, and uh, when they matched up, and Ingram scored 32 on Royce O'Neal. So... You know, it has not been entirely the same way in each of those two games. Ingram had 12 of their final 16 in regulation in the win. The Jazz beat him on the sixth with some unbelievable three-point shooting. The Jazz hit 16 of 33 from three. Um, and the Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert pick and roll just slaughtered the Pelicans in that game. Flip it around to the next game, and suddenly the Ingles-Gobert pick and roll is not any good. They actually take that almost completely away from the Jazz. And instead, it's the Rudy uh, Donovan pick and roll that is causing them all the problems. Now, some of this might be because of who's guarding whom. So the Pelicans 
pick and roll defense, when they have Drew Holiday and Derek Favors combined defensively on the pick and roll, it's one of the best pick and roll defenses in all of the NBA. It allows 0.74 points per possession. Lonzo Ball's awfully good as well, but that's their their peak uh, defense is their peak ability to be able to defend is when they have Holiday and Favors. So watching tonight's game, whether the Jazz avoid that matchup and how they're using their pick and rolls and who they're getting into each of those pick and rolls. Uh, you know, Lonzo guarded Donovan late in the last matchup and Donovan missed five straight shots, but a lot of that was one-on-one action, Donovan trying to go after him. Uh, so keep an eye on that. I think that'll be a huge part of this game is when the Jazz go to pick and roll, who's it going to be? Now, the other things we've talked about this whole time is the Jazz really picking up tempo and all of those kind of things. And I think you have to wonder whether or not, you know, they're going to be able to do the same things. We'll talk about that and take your questions as we continue. Today's show is brought to you by my friends over at Intercap Lending. Intercap Lending continues to grow, do monumental things, set all sorts of records. It's it's really cool stuff. And uh, what they're doing, it's because of amazing customer service. Steve Carter's our guy. What we've set up for you is we've set up a corporate account for Lockdown Jazz listeners, and we have our corporate guy, and it's Steve Carter. Steve Carter's number is 385-885-28. And the universal thing that I get more than anything else is these amazing reviews from people who use Steve Carter and want to share what an amazing, how great he is. Clayton and Sarah Winslow. Steve Carter Intercap Landing did a fantastic job with the reference uh, for Sarah and I. The process was seamless and very quick. We reached out with a time crunch, and he really made it happen. Intercap and Steve is by far the best mortgage company we've dealt with, and we recommend them to anyone. Brad Hickman. Intercap Lending was the best experience. I've refinanced a home loan. Steve Carter gave detailed options, customs for my own situation. The loan process was easy, experienced, knowledgeable, timeless, personable nature of Steve and other members of Intercap. And I can say the same. That's how I did my loan. That's how we got attached with Intercap is Steve did our refinance. It's been massively important to us to have saved that money a few years ago right now. Thank you very much, Steve Carter. And put us in a good situation and he got it done because I am not the type of person who gets these things done. I am uh, a little bit of a mess and trying to do detailed things. And Steve Carter got it done. So give Steve Carter a call. Give Intercap a call. They tell him you're with Locked on Jazz. You get the corporate discount. His number is 385-885-28. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. All right, I've got a bunch of notes, but I would like to get your thoughts and your comments uh, so sending the questions, hello to everybody, hello to Mike, hello to Alex, hello to Justin, former Jazz broadcast assistant, hello to Vegas Mom, hello to the Rake on Twitch, hello to Mad Max on YouTube, hello to Derek on uh, on Facebook, uh, and let's go to Derek with the first question of the day. Do you see the Jazz going to more zone defense looks? It seems like it could make sense with their lack of size. You know, it's a great question. The The problem in there, Derek, is the lack of size, to me, actually makes the zone more difficult. I would go the other way on this. So if you have lack of size, lack of length, and you're trying to play zone defense, I think it gets very difficult to be able to cover enough space to be able to deter them from doing what they want to do. Whereas in the old days, you'd say that's the true because somebody, if you're small, they just post you up. And Zion's certainly one of the few players who can just post you up in power. But for most teams in the NBA, if they go and post you up, I'm not sure I really care. Like, I'm not sure it's that big a deal um, to have somebody, you know, that is 
posted up like that in that fashion uh, because it's such an inefficient way to score and an inefficient way to do things. So I, I actually think the size makes it harder to go zone. I think we'll go a little more zone, but I actually think that the other way, it, I'm going to take the other side of that, Derek. I think the size makes it harder um, for that. James Scott, how great is it to watch basketball tonight? I think everybody's pretty excited and fired up. I think the ratings will be overwhelming. And he says tip-off is in 1130 in Scotland. I hope a few of you still listen uh, to the radio broadcast as well. All right, let's go to uh, Garrett. Good morning from Chattanooga. Seems like Jazz have struggled in the past few years against teams that don't drop the big as deep in defending the pick and roll. Grabbing Rudy on the roll has been effective, even new freedom of movement rules. Am I wrong? If not, what can they do to attack those two things? Well, Garrett, you're kind of mixing two things in there that I would say. So in some sense, you're right. In some sense, you're wrong. One is, yeah, grabbing Rudy is really a problem. When Rudy can't get free and they grab hold of him and he doesn't roll, it messes up the timing, particularly with Conley and um, with Donovan, and they get too far ahead of him. And so some of the changes the Jazz have made have tried to expose that holding, let Donovan take some more time, kind of the crossover and step back dribble, let Rudy roll, get that space separation, get that pick and roll going. The fact is actually the drop big has caused the Jazz much more problems than teams that trap or bring guys up. The Jazz have throttled most teams that overplay and overcommit. So the drop big defense has actually been a bigger problem for the Jazz than it has been than some of the other types of teams. Teams that switch, the Jazz are generally able to go find the matchups they want. Teams that ice, the Jazz are able to get them to overplay. Anybody who doubles, the Jazz move the ball so well as one of the best passing teams in the league that they throttle them. So yes, the grabbing of Rudy is a major, major issue and you've got to create some separation. Rudy's got to roll faster at different times depending how they're playing it. But the drop big has actually been a problem for the Jazz. Quinn's worked really, really hard on various uh, adjustments on how to deal with that. And they've actually, I think they've improved that. And I think that's some of the things we've talked about in the preseason where they've changed the angles on things. And by changing the angles on things, They've been able to find a way to get Donovan and Mike better looks um, than he would get otherwise. So I think that's um, I think that's uh, kind of where we are on that. Uh, over on Instagram, feels like Donovan has played more of the one and Conley the two during scrimmages. Do you think that may continue? That's interesting. I think we see it as interchangeable, and I think the Jazz really see all four of those guys as interchangeable. Probably not Royce. But if Joe Ingles is on the floor, Conley and Donovan are on the floor, uh, it'll be interesting. You know, that threesome has not played well together this year. When when Joe Ingles, Mike Conley, and Donovan Mitchell have been on the floor together this year, that's been a problem for the Jazz. It's it's trying to figure out, you know, then who has the ball, who's the point guard. In that circumstance, I really think we need Joe to become, you know, the, the space power forward and not play with the ball in his hands. But he's he's so comfortable playing with the ball in his hands, and he's so good at it that it's hard to ask him to do that but that that's a big one for me to watch in this uh in this stretch right now without Boyan as we try to find new rotations and and what we're trying to find and and that is you know uh that I I, I think you know that lineup hasn't worked you know I know we're um I know we're all fired up right and uh I am too it, it is you know missing Boyan's a big big deal this could be you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but this could be just in fairness of expectations. This could be an awfully difficult stretch of basketball for the Jazz right now. This could be really tough. We're minus 5.5, by the way, 
with Ingles, Conley, and Donovan on the floor together. Uh, we turned the ball over a lot. We're in the ninth percentile and taking care of the ball. We're in the fifth percentile in offensive rebounds. We do go to the line a lot. We haven't shot it well with that lineup. Um, and uh, if, if you take Boyan off, which I, I don't think they, that group has had a lot of time. And again, taking Boyan off is actually, I take it back. I'm not going to do that because that's, that's bad numbers because taking Boyan off takes Rudy off the floor. Um, and when Ru- because Boyan and Rudy matched each other for almost the whole season. So we'll see, you know, it's new roles, right? So now Joe is playing that as Boyan and hopefully um, uh, we'll be able to get going. Uh, Jazz Nation News points out the, the, the dirty secret that we're all kind of forgetting is that Mike Conley eventually leaves the bubble for the birth of his child. And then we really, um, we get... We get, we get tough. Uh, Von Wharton wants to know, what's your take on kneeling? I wish they would be respectful and do it after the national anthem. So, um, Von, I talked about it a lot on yesterday's program, but since I know it's a hot topic, I, I think it's a wonderful thing if our players have the confidence to be able to have their voice and are willing to protest. I think it's what our country is found on. The Boston Tea Party is the greatest protest of all time. Uh, and so I think any of that type of protesting, if thoughtful and, and, and peaceful and well thought out, I, I respect immensely. I think it's... I think it's incredible that our that our young men, that are our athletes, are willing to to put themselves out there and take the criticism that comes with it because they feel strongly enough about something. I thought Donovan's quotes yesterday were really moving about you know you can tell me that you want sports to be your release. I, I actually don't get a release from being an African American man, nor does anyone. Um, and so I you know I, I don't see I actually see it as the essence of our country. Um, I don't see the national anthem as a statement of a pro or con military thing. So if you see that, then you're seeing it differently than I do. And so we're gonna have a different perspective. Um, that that's, you know, that's my take on it. Uh, by the way, the undefeated article about Mike Conley, uh, I am a man, uh, and the ties back to Memphis and to Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, the assassination in Memphis, pretty good, uh, fascinating article as well. Uh, let's go to Jeff Robinson on, uh, Periscope, do you think the lack of crowd will negatively impact the Jazz more than other teams? I think the lack of altitude will negatively impact the Jazz more than other teams. There's no question to me on that. I, uh, the Jazz and the Nuggets are the only two teams in the NBA that have a true home court advantage. And uh, the fact that they don't have that anymore, I think will be a, a very big deal. Now, we've been a very good road team this year. Um, and since Quinn Snyder's taken over and Dennis Lindsay's brought some of his metrics into it, uh, we have been a very, very good road team, uh, largely because we don't foul. And uh, the key to playing good road basketball is to not foul. Today's show is brought to you by SOS Support. Uh, Jason and uh, uh, Scott started SOS Support 17 years ago. Here's the concept behind SOS Support. You're starting a small business, whether it's I mean, it's probably five to 100 employees. It sounds better if I say like 40 to 50, but it's probably five to 100. And you're, and you're rolling, right? I mean, it could be a doctor's office. It could be uh, high-tech manufacturers. It could be a dental office. It could be a law office. It could be accounting firms. You're, you're rolling. Good example is KT Tape, uh, Utah County Company, who, they, who this is actually the case. So you're rolling. You're moving. Your business is going. Now, now you're taking in revenue. You've got all these things you've got to do. You've got to make sure that your cybersecurity is, is on top notch. And, and it's... Oh my gosh, how do we do this? Well, you bring in SOS support with Scott and Jason and have them be your service provider, have them be your all-in partner to take care of all that. Same way you do with HR. You just do it with IT and they will be get you prepared 
Because this is not a game you want to suddenly start playing when you're in crisis. So they'll work with you day to day. They're value-centric minded. They're not the cheapest, probably, frankly. They're, but they're the, one of the best, right? That, that's why they have the retention rate they do. They're the IT partner for small businesses in the state of Utah. The retention rate is through the roof. And they go back to 2004 and they just keep doing it. If you give them a call today at 801-563-9700, it's SOS support. 801-563-9700. You'll get a no-obligation IT assessment and it'll include a PCI assessment. Banks are starting the process to make sure you're secure. Financial institutions are requiring. Companies have all the security. And again, you don't want to play this game from behind with cloud partners that can help have sensitive data, all that. Make sure that you take care of this now by calling SOS support at 801-563-9700. That's 801-563-9700. Let's continue. Uh... By the way, a few little notes for you. I, I tweeted this out yesterday. I thought this was this was kind of interesting. Uh, thanks to B-Ball Index uh, for this note on Royce O'Neal. The amount of time that Royce O'Neal has spent um, guarding. So Royce O'Neal spends 59% of his time guarding a core player, 79% a starter, 22% an all-star, and 13% all-NBA. That's the... The 30, the, that those are some of the highest rates in the NBA. He spends 33% of the time on the floor guarding their number one usage player on the other team. That's the fourth highest rate of anyone in the NBA. So pretty interesting little uh, note there. Uh, one other note, by the way, on Mike Conley. I thought this was a great quote. Conley, um, on why he's wearing I am a man. Um, that phrase and statement hopefully will trigger their mind into questioning. What does that mean? What is he trying to get across from this? It leads to them searching. It leads to them educating themselves on why I am doing what I'm doing. It's a perfect time in today's society with what is going on to put that phrase in particular on my back. Our skin color doesn't make us any different. I am a man just like you are. That is the statement I want to be put out there. So nice, Mike Conley. We have very smart uh, people. Um, uh Let's go to the questions. Uh, are you going? Are we going to see more Gobert and Bradley minutes? And do we see more Tony Bradley threes? You know, the Tony Bradley three is probably something that happens in the bubble, right? Like it's a it's a safe environment. You're probably willing to pull the trigger on that shot, not worry about the fans booing. He's worked really hard on it uh, with the coaching staff. So maybe. Um, I don't know if we see more of that. I mean, this is a game where they're bit, right? Zion's big. Like, who's guarding Zion to open the day? Like, Joe Ingles? Royce O'Neal? Like, this team is... This group is tough. Lonzo Ball is on fire. Lonzo Ball... You know, Lonzo Ball kind of was a joke to a lot of people. But I, I don't know if people realize this, but the last 10 games before the break, Lonzo Ball was averaging 15.7 rebounds, 8 assists, 48% from the field, and 49% from three. And if you actually take him to the last five games, 21 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 54% and 51% from three. When Lonzo Ball, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, and Derek Favors are on the floor together, that lineup is plus 26 per 100 possessions. It's like the best lineup in all of the NBA. So that's going to be a really big, big struggle Um for, for the Jazz today. All right, let me run back through our questions today. Um, great questions so far coming in from Garrett and Jeff and everyone. Um, uh, from Bosnia, 
Admir says, I expect great things from Conley. I think he's settled in. I would generally agree. I think Mike looks really good um, and, and needs to get rolling. Uh, the Rake on Twitch says, Joe needs to shoot. Oh, we all agree that with that. Um, Mad Max on YouTube says, good morning from Nevada. If you're not excited for this game, you're not a jazz fan. I've been watching jazz hype videos all day yesterday and today. I love it. Um, uh, with no boy on, who do you see stepping up more in terms of scoring Conley or Clarkson? That's from Roderick on Facebook. I, I mean, I think this is going to fall on Mike. I think, you know, your three best players are now Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Your three best players before were Boyan. I, Mike's, you know, always been one of the three best players in every team he's played. That's part of what was so difficult for him this year was trying to adapt to not being that guy. I think you're going to see him being that guy. And the Jazz are using him in different ways um, in which they, uh, in which they are playing, you know, in how they're getting in the ball. So, um, so we'll see. Um, I won't watch again if they choose to kneel, spelled incorrectly, when they play the national anthem, period. All right, then see ya. I mean, like, if you're not going to let someone peacefully protest because you think it's something else, then that's your opinion. Then you're welcome. Like, that's, like, this is the whole, you're totally willing to do that, Randy. You're you're totally, I've been a season ticket holder for 20 years. I love the jazz, but I'll not be a part of that. Okay. And I love that. I love that passion and commitment and willingness to take a stand as much as I, I, I don't agree with it, but I still love it. That's the essence of who we are. And that's what should be the beautiful Madisonian marketplace of ideas. So if if you're really willing, because you feel that passionately about it, to give up something you've been a season ticket holder for 20 years, that's awesome. I'm sorry. I'm bummed we're not going to hear from you again, Randy. But, because they're going to kneel. Um, and it's K-N-E-E-L, but that's all right. Um, I'm sure autocorrect just put it as an official name with a capital N. Um, I think it's great. I think it's absolutely fabulous. It's truly. Like, if you're that passionate about it, that you're willing to give up something that for 20 years you've fallen and been a season ticket holder for, and you and you don't think, and you're gonna and you're gonna choose your sports based on your players' political or societal or safety or injustice or inequality like and you don't want to support that that's fine i think that i actually think that's like that's great if if you really are going to do that if you're grandstanding and totally full of crap and i'm going to hear from you in a week then that's pretty hollow but if you're really going to do that i i admire that as much as anything else we're seeing right now um Uh, so, right. Uh, Ian says, I agree the players should be able to freely display activism, but worry that it might become a distraction uh, uh, or contention point amongst teammates that disrupts chemistry. See Michael Porter Jr.'s. Do you agree? You know, I, I mean, I think the idea of putting 15 men from different parts of the world at vastly different ages with different experiences and different salaries in a locker room is a point of contention. I think this has actually probably got more chance to be something that brings them together in a collective support. The fact that Joe Ingles from Australia is wearing ally on his jersey is probably bringing him closer to some of the players on that roster than he would be otherwise with that messaging to say I'm an ally to you and I'm supporting you even though I'm not from your country, I don't have the same history, I'm white and so I don't experience any of these same things. 
I actually think that's got more chance of bringing this group together than it does division. The the essence of a locker room, 15 players, one basketball, 100 possessions to be divided, payments based on who gets shots and who gets the ball, awards based on who scores how many points per game, Criticism, like that's division. That is going to create contention much more than any of this. This other stuff actually, I think, has a chance to give you a common thread together. You know, uh, Rodney Hood many years back shared these unbelievable experiences with the team. Mike Conley got up in front of the team and shared, you know, his experiences in Memphis and what it means to him to be wearing Iron Man. That is revealing your inner self to each other and bringing you much closer together than it is dividing you. What's dividing locker rooms is the other stuff. I promise you, I've been around that forever. Um, do you think the Jazz look for a better backup center in the offseason or stick with Tony? If you're going to pay Rudy Gobert $30 million, Tony Bradley might be too expensive. You're going to have a $1 million a year minimum salary if you're paying t- your center 30 You better, because otherwise your salary cap's messed up. That's the reality of it. Jazz Nation News, Locke will be broadcasting the game. Yes, we are on radio today. We are broadcasting from Vivint Smart Home Arena. Um this um all right craig do you think the league has a misstep with a stand with hong kong their stance on black lives matter seems exactly the opposite here i have two thoughts on this and i'm not perfectly prepared here so let me let me just i don't know and i'm trying to learn i've actually got some friends who used to live there who work in the business so i've been talking a lot about china china doesn't look good i think the whole idea that everybody who wants to bag on the NBA for not being supportive enough of Hong Kong against China somehow devalues the NBA's stance on Black Lives Matter is crap. I think it's a distraction technique. I think it's the oldest play in the book. They're two separate issues. You can be right on one and wrong on the other and you still, and you may need to address it. I think this whole narrative right now that I'm going to bag on the NBA for not dealing with China correctly, somehow devaluing their support of Black Lives Matter personally for me is just a distraction technique and completely two separate arguments that shouldn't be conflu- brought together in confluence that way. And I think it's garbage. I think it's political grandstanding garbage. That That's my take. Is the NBA right or wrong on China? China's pretty damn interesting right now. I'm trying to do the best I can to understand China and what power we really have. But I mean, what China's doing with you know, voting rights in various groups, what China's doing to overpower trade arrangements where China suddenly goes and puts money into countries and then forces them into basically monopolistic trade agreements so that China basically, like China's a huge world dominating power that's taking over in a lot of ways, in really frightening ways if you're following it, that we have to figure out how to deal with. And, uh, you know, I don't, is Amazon going to stop doing, is is every American company just going to isolate China and that's what you're asking the NBA to do and you're going to ask every other corporation to do it? That's a different discussion that I actually don't think any corporate, I haven't seen a single American corporation do this yet and maybe I've missed it. Again, I'm not that well-versed on China. I'm trying to get more versed on it to understand it better uh, and talk to as many people as I can. So, but I will say this, I I feel comfortable saying this. The political diversion of trying to badmouth the NBA on China, which may be justified, somehow devaluing their work with Black Lives Matters and standing for racial, social injustice and racial injustice. And somehow that that, because they did this wrong, this has no value, I think is total crap. How's that for being really intellectual at the bottom? Um, So I, I need to know Hong Kong better. 
I need to understand China. But I, I understand China, Hong Kong. What I don't understand is China in the geopolitical world, where they're exerting their power and what we can possibly do about it. And if you ever think I'm going to understand tariffs, I'm not that smart. I'm a basketball guy. Craig, thank you for that question because I actually think it's a great question and I appreciate you bringing it up. Um, Is it known publicly when Mike Conley's wife is due? I think about a month from now is my understanding. Um, So... um, Do the jazz players realize all of Jazz Nation will be watching, screaming for them? Please pass along. Well, you know what? These guys check Twitter. So just go to work. Just start cheering for them and adding them on Twitter all day long. They'll check it. They'll feel it. They'll know it. Um, they'll know it. So feel free. Sorry, my questions are uh, reaction to... Um, let's go back to basketball. Uh, I'm not trying to avoid things. I promised my friends that I would not avoid things. Um, and that, as I said, I would be active and strong rather than, um, passive and weak on this issue. So I, I'm being willing to talk about it and I'm putting myself out there. Hope it doesn't cost me my career. I'd be sad if it does. Um, but I will be able to put my head on the pillow. Stan Van Gundy can put his head on the pillow right now. Like he's out there. And you know what? If Randy who came on earlier, is really not going to ever watch another Jazz game again because of after 20 years, he can put his head on the pillow too. Right? Like, I actually don't think, like, I, we all can agree and disagree. Just, if you believe something, believe it and, and stick to it. Just don't be pandering. Like, don't be grandstanding. I think it's, I, I do, if, I, I am not making that up. If somebody has truly been a Jazz fan for 20 years and because they do something that you think is so wrong, I disagree. I don't think it's a, a statement against the military. I think it's actually the essence of our country, right? That's my viewpoint. You're welcome to have yours. You see it as an incredible insult to the United States of America and that's the most important thing in your life and you are going to hold to that. That's awesome. To have that conviction, I think it's great. Um, so, you know, it's part of, it's become a part of what's going on. Um, let's see. Sorry. I, so many of my questions right now are all based on kind of I'm not, I don't want to redo. Um, Alex, hello. Will you start your radio broadcast with the standards? Hello, how are you? I have not yet. Like, I've been so out of whack. I have not yet. Um, I guess I will tonight. But thank you for, maybe, Alex, I need you to remind me. I, I mean, I, 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 me as a family, we're way, we're way better off than most people. I've been way out of whack. Like, it's just different. It's not what I, you know, I'm having a hard time. Like, you guys are giving me the juice to get me going. Um, and there's just been a lot going on in our world, right? Like, you know, what, all those kind of things. Um, so, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate you guys. Um, let's see. Um Oh, that's an interesting question. Do you know whether the jerseys with social messages will be available to purchase? I'd love to buy an ally. It's a good question. I don't know. Um, All right, I think we're winding down because I derailed the show. Basketball tonight. Jazz, Pelicans. Keep an eye on who the Pelicans are defending in the pick and roll. 
Jazz have got to keep the Pelicans out of transition. Jazz offensively see how many threes they can get, particularly catch and shoot threes. Pelicans are one of the worst transition defenses in the NBA, so hopefully the Jazz can take advantage of that. They allow 17 transition chances a game at 1.19 points per possession. That's an awful lot. The other one is the Pelicans shoot below 50% effective field goal percentage in the final 12 seconds of the shot clock, but they take 58 of their 92 shots in the first half of the shot clock. So if we can keep them out of transition, slow them down, force them to play into the half court, that's the way you deal with them. Otherwise, they get out and go. They're absolutely amazing. Uh, tip of the hat to Drew Holiday, uh, who's playing today, who is giving up all of his salary for the rest of the season. He uh, he and his wife are donating it to social justice causes. So tip of the hat to Drew Holiday. Uh, worth cheering for him a little bit as well today. That is Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much. Thanks to Jake Madison for joining us as well. Thanks for the lively conversation, the good conversation. I hope this is a place where we all respect each other's opinions and try to try to hear uh, everyone's points of view uh, and all unify behind Go Jazz today. Have a great one. Jazz and the Pelicans will be live radio and TV. Enjoy the broadcast. Talk to you soon.